Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of our Blimey Cast. In this one, you're going to have the chance of testing your abilities again once more. And why is this important, Simon? I tell you why. This is important because this is your chance to apply all the techniques you need to in order to achieve your CLB 9 or even higher in the IELTS test. So if I were you, I would stop everything you're doing right now and listen to this episode and practice your abilities. Without further ado, let's get started. You're listening to the Blimey Cast. For more content and more information about the Speaking Master, my online training for the IELTS Speaking Test, visit blimeyenglish.com. And welcome back to Blamey English. Today I've got the pleasure to bring to you another speaking practice video. In this one, we're going to talk about people and activities. Para aqueles que estão me ouvindo em português, hoje nós vamos fazer mais um speaking practice and nós vamos falar de pessoas e atividades, which is a very nice subject indeed, because this is a subject that you can come across during your IELTS test. Esse é um assunto que pode cair no seu teste do IELTS. So, what I'm going to do with you is, I'm going to first feed you with vocabulary regarding that matter, and then later on, I'm going to make you some questions as if I were your examiner and you were taking the real IELTS test. O que nós vamos fazer aqui é, primeiro eu vou alimentar vocês com vocabulário, vocabulário relacionado a esse assunto, e depois eu vou fazer perguntas como se eu fosse o seu examinador do IELTS e você estivesse fazendo o seu teste. Como de costume, eu vou fazer a aula toda em inglês, porque esse é o objetivo principal, é treinar o seu listening. Você tem que bombardear o seu cérebro com conteúdo em inglês para poder absorver melhor e eventualmente começar a falar melhor. So that's what we're going to do right now. First, I'm going to give you enough listening material because I'm be talking in English that so that you can bombard your brain with listening practice. Okay. So without further ado, let's start with the first related vocabulary. And this first one is this one here: indoor. Indoor. Indoor means something happening, used or existing inside a building. And I will give you two examples. The first one is, the building where he lives has an indoor swimming pool. Example two, she's not an enthusiast of indoor activities. Now, the second word, it might be a bit confusing because it looks like the first one and this second one is indoors indoors so that first one indoor is an adjective and this other one here indoors is an adverb which means that it qualifies a verb not a noun in this case indoors means something that is done into or inside a building i will give you two examples Come indoors, it's cold outside. And the example two is, with the heavy rain outside, 
children need to stay indoors. So can you see the difference here? The first one, indoor, I was using it to qualify something. I was using it to qualify a thing. For example, an indoor swimming pool or some indoor activities. That is an adjective. Now, in this one here, with this one here, indoors, I'm using it to qualify a verb. Come indoors. Children need to stay indoors. So this is an adverb, okay? Now, we're going to see another pair of words, another two words. The first one is outdoor, outdoor. Something that is happening is used or ex something existing outside a building. This one is also an adjective. I will give you two examples of this. Example one, she's not really the outdoor type. And example two is, I simply love outdoor activities during the winter. Now, just let me say something here for you. Let me just open some brackets here and explain something to you. I know that in Brazil, people use the word outdoor, outdoor, with the very strong Brazilian accent to refer to something that is not an outdoor. They use that to refer to what in English we call a billboard, if you're using American English, or a hoarding, if you're using British English. You know those big, huge uh, boards that are used to advertise things and companies? When you are driving on the road and you see from a distance a big, huge board with a, a, an advertising of a company, for example, or a new product, that is a billboard if you are in a country that uses, or if you are using the Amer an American accent, or a holding if you're using a British accent. Don't ever say in English that that is an outdoor because that won't work in English. Okay? The Brazilian name outdoor or outdoor is not the correct name for that in English. All right? Outdoor is simply something that is happening inside, okay? Now, the second word is outdoors. Outdoors. And this one, as the previous one, uh, indoors, is also an adverb because it qualifies the verb. I will give you two examples of it. The first one is, if the weather's good, we'll lit outdoors. If the weather's good, we'll lit outdoors. And the example two, let the children play outdoors. The sun is shining. Let the children play outdoors. The sun is shining. Can you see the difference now, right? Between outdoor, outdoors, indoor, indoors. Can you? Tell me down in the comments if it is clear for you now, because if not, please, then just leave your comment so I can explain it to you once again. Now you're going to see another expression, and this one is great outdoors. Great outdoors. This means something in the countryside, far away from towns. Example one. Every year, he takes a month of work to go hiking the great outdoors. And the example two. 
The Canadian great outdoors is mesmerizing. Do you know what mesmerizing is? Mesmerizing is an advanced word that you can use to describe something that catches or attracts your attention in a beautiful way. Okay, something almost hypnotizing. Okay, let's go see the next expression we've got here. And this one is to be somebody's own flesh and blood. Any ideas of that one? Any ideas lurking at the back of your mind? Tell me. Have you heard of this one here? To be somebody's own flesh and blood. In fact, I remember this. I remember watching this, watching a series and people were using this expression if my memory serves the series was the crown which i have recommended for many many students and they said oh she's your own flesh and blood any ideas so this means to be someone's family to be someone's family like your brother your sister your father your mother i will give you two examples Here's my young flesh and blood. And the example two, I was not expecting that from him. Here's my young flesh and blood. I was not expecting that from him. Here's my young flesh and blood. Can you use that one now? This is a good one to have in your belt, in your useful abilities. Okay, let's see another one long lost long lost this is another expression and this one is used to refer to a relation a friend or object that you have not seen for a long time i'll repeat that for you long lost is an expression used to refer to a relation a friend or an object that you have not seen for a long time i will give you two examples of this the first one is here's my long lost cousin so you see that although it's a two-word expression you can use it as an adjective here's my long lost cousin she's my long lost cousin now the second example is until yesterday there were long lost relatives until yesterday, there were long-lost relatives. Okay, let's go see the next one. Loved one. Loved one. This is simply a person that you love. Usually, habitually, customarily, generally, a member of your family. Did you like my combination of words? This is to help you not repeat yourself during your test. Instead of saying all the time, usually, you can say usually, habitually, customarily, generally. Okay, loved one is a person that you love. Habitually, a member of your family. And I will give you two examples as well. The first example is enjoy your time with your loved ones. Enjoy your time with your loved ones. And the second example is, it's always refreshing to spend some time with loved ones. It's always refreshing to spend some time with loved ones. All right, now, do you know what I'm going to do? 
If you've been here for a while, you know that now I'm going to present you some advanced words. Those ones, those expressions and words, were just the related vocabulary for this subject, which is, can you remember? Are you here since the beginning? People and activities. Now I'm going to give you some advanced words, all right? The first advanced word is humanity. Humanity. This means to be understanding and kindness towards other people. If you are someone who understands and who is kind towards other people, you have or you demonstrate or you show humanity. I will give you two examples. Show some humanity and help him. Show some humanity and help him. And the example two, that's not a clear way to show humanity. That's not a clear way to show humanity. Okay, let's go see the next advanced word. And this one is observant. Observant. This means to be good or quick at noticing things. Are you someone like that? Are you like that? Are you good or quick at noticing things? If you are, you can say, you can consider yourself an observant person. And I will give you two examples for this one as well. Example one is, whoa, I hadn't noticed that you were so observant. Whoa, I hadn't noticed that you're so observant. And the example two, which is, I want her in my team, she's quite observant. I want her in my team. She's quite observant. Okay, let's go see the next advanced word, which is, in fact, a very nice one. And this one is tact. Tact. This is the ability to say or to do the right thing without making anyone unhappy or angry. I will repeat that for you, of course. Tact means the ability to say or to do the right thing without making anyone unhappy or angry. I will give you two examples. The first one is, he's never had much tact and people don't like his blunt manner. He's never had much tact and people don't like his blunt manner. Example two, she has such a tact with people. She has such a tact with people. Okay, let's go see some more. The next advanced word is integrity. Integrity. This is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles that you refuse to change. I will repeat that for you. Integrity means the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles that you refuse to change. And I will give you two examples for that one as well. The first one is you need to demonstrate integrity to work here. You need to demonstrate integrity to work here. And example two, I admire her integrity. I admire her integrity. Let's go see the next one. This is self-esteem. Self-esteem. 
This is the belief and confidence in your own ability and value. If you are someone who is quite confident or someone who believes in your own ability, you can say that you have self-esteem. I will give you two examples. The first one is, seems to have problems with self-esteem. And example two, she's got such a high self-esteem. She's got such a high self-esteem. The next expression, the next advanced expression, I like this one very much. This one is indeed one that I kept in high regard. This is narrow-minded. 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 I'm pretty sure you know someone like that. I know, I know, and you know as well, in a bit. Narrow-minded means not willing to accept ideas or ways of behaving that are different from your own. A narrow-minded person is someone who's not willing to accept ideas or ways of behaving that are different from their own. Do you know someone like that? Of course you do. All of us do. It's, it's what people do, right? Sometimes people are just narrow-minded. They can't, they can't just accept new ideas, if not their own. I will give you two examples for that. The first one is, I don't like to discuss this subject with narrow-minded people. I don't like to discuss this subject with narrow-minded people. And the example two, they will not change their minds. They're narrow-minded. Okay, let's go see the last advanced word of today. And this word is affectionate. Affectionate. This means showing feelings of liking or love. If someone is showing, is demonstrating feelings of liking or love, you can say that they're affectionate. Okay, I'll give you two examples. The first one is, she's such an affectionate girl. She's such an affectionate girl. Can you say that? I know this might be a bit tricky because we've got, she is such, she is such, she's such, she's such. She's such an affectionate girl. I know. But again, it's all about repetition. And and the example two, those were really affectionate words. She got emotional. Those were really affectionate words. She got emotional. All right, all right. Now, we've come to the most pristine time of our class. Do you know what pristine means? Pristine is something of the very best quality. So, this is just to say that now we are going to start our test. I will make you some questions as if I were your examiner and as if you were taking the IELTS test for the very first time. Or not like that. You can be taking it for some times. But the thing is, the fact remains that you have now the opportunity to practice your abilities. If you are um, one 
if you are a student of my online course, the Speaking Master, if you are one of the Speaking Master students, this is yours. This is also your opportunity to practice the techniques I teach you in the training right now, because I will make you some questions from part one, from part two, and from part three. So you can apply those techniques you learn there to achieve the CLB9 or even higher here. Okay, so let's start. Let's start saying what is this part of uh, of the class okay what i mean is i will just explain for you in a nutshell what is the IELTS speaking test okay so in the IELTS speaking test you've got three parts one two and three and in each one your examiner will be asking you some questions in part one for example you will be asked about very uh, personal and basic things your examiner might ask you uh, what you like to do, if you work, if you study, some things like that. Okay, then when we go to part two, your examiner is going to give you a task card or a cue card. They also call it that, which is a piece of paper with one question and some topics for you to talk about for up to two minutes. But first, you have one minute to prepare and then you will be able to start talking okay then later on in part three your exam is going to discuss with you some more abstract and complex questions still related somehow somewhat to part two question okay all right let's start i need to say to you that i will give you proper time to answer of course this is not a real uh, mock test. This is not even a real test. So I cannot see your answer. I cannot listen to you answering the question. But what I can do for you in this video is I can give you proper time to practice. Okay. So whenever I ask you something, I will give you time, a proper and reasonable amount of time for you to answer. Are you ready? Good. So let's start with the first question. Were you a quiet or an energetic child? And did you like to play indoors or outdoors? Did you have many friends when you were younger?
Mm -hmm. Did you like to play alone or accompanied by friends? Are you still in touch with your childhood friends? Okay, thank you. Now, as I told you, you will be given a task card in a real situation. But since this is not a real test, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave the question here for you. So you have um, to have it there for you to prepare during one minute. You will have one minute to take a note and prepare so if you don't have a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen with you right now go grab them so you can prepare wait okay okay now what i'm going to do as i said is i'm going to paste the question here i'll read it with you and then i will give you one minute to prepare then i will require you to stop taking your notes and start talking for up to two minutes okay let me just grab my stopwatch here all right the question is describe your grandparents job you should say what it was how long he or she had this job how he or she got the job and whether you'd like to have this job or not You've got one minute to prepare and take your notes, starting now. All right, time's up. You can now stop taking a note and could you please start talking?
All right, you may stop. Okay, now I'd like to discuss with you some more questions, questions from part three, in fact. And the first question I've got to you is, how important are family references for you? And what are the best ways for people to prepare a family meeting in your country? And in your country, do adult people like to live close to family? Okay, and in what ways do you think an old person can help in the workplace? Mm -hmm. And 
What are the advantages and disadvantages of having old people working in a technological environment? And is it common to old people to work after retiring age in your country? Okay, that's it. Thank you. All right, how was it? Was it good? Was it difficult? Was it easy? Tell me what you think, what you reckon. So this, you need to understand that you need to do this, right? You need to practice and better practicing here with me. So what can help you and understand and help you with your mistakes, the mistakes you might eventually make, then leaving the mistakes for your examiner, don't you think? So I hope I have helped you today and this is time for me to go now and I see you in the next videos. Cheers! You've listened to the Blind Cast. For more information, visit blindenglish.com.